I'm former Congressman Gary Franks. And I'm his son, Gary. I'm millennial. We're discussing everything from politics to sports and pop culture. From very different perspectives. We speak frankly. Welcome back. Well, today, Gary, we're going to do a political podcast. You know, we do you know, a political one every Okay, once a month, twice a month, depending on what's going on. And I thought that today we needed to uh, do a little update, a little update. And I'm going to just say a brief word about the passing of Senator Bob Dole. Um, may God rest his soul and, and prayers go out to his family and all of his friends. And I consider myself one of his friends. Um, and I may talk about him a little later on in, the bro- in this broadcast if we do have, have more time. So how are you doing, Gary? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. So what do you, what do you want me to talk about uh, today yeah leave it leave it kind of open yeah well first i think it's good to uh, give the listeners an update on on president joe biden so how do you think um, he is doing so far well it's an open-ended question but i'll i'll see if i can tackle it in, in somewhat uh in an orderly type manner uh well let's start with the polls the, the polls would show that he he's doing very poorly uh for this point in his presidency. Now, presidents have had ups and downs during their four years in office. But at this stage, you know, not even a year in, he his numbers are are at record lows. Um, I've seen it as low as as 36 percent as far as his approval rating of the public. Uh, I also have seen that 71 um, percent of Americans would feel that he is leading the country in the wrong direction. Uh, Harvard University had a poll in the Institute of Politics recently that just polled 19-year-olds through 29-year-olds, and he was underwater there as well. And what was interesting in that poll was the fact that in their poll, Gary, they also pointed out that if you take blacks and Hispanics out of the poll for Democrats, their numbers go down significantly. So... Imagine 36 going down to 21 or 25 or 26. So the point that I'm making is without that loyal, 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 blinded support of blacks and Hispanics, Biden's numbers are even, even worse. They pointed out that Barack Obama, President Obama, never got over 50 percent in any of the polls that he had over eight years because he was always underwater with white people, always underwater with white young people and white people in general. But he was always kept near 50% simply because of Blacks and Hispanics. So I digress. Bottom line of it is, uh, President Biden has um, stumbled and fumbled and has um, made a whole lot of mistakes. In fact, um, the courts have stopped him from making even more mistakes. I mean, he wanted to give the eviction hiatus, going to have that continue on and on in the courts, the federal, the the Supreme Court said, you don't have the authority to do that. So they stopped him. He he wanted to um, allow flood end up flooding into America. And, and the court said, uh, time out. You really uh, should be going back to the Trump policy of making them stay in Mexico and get cleared before coming to the United States. Thank God that took place. And then the mask and the vaccine mandates, the courts have also stopped them on that. But on a more serious note, Gary, the, the biggest error occurred back in August, and, and that is in the way in which we uh, left Afghanistan. And 
And the second big mistake is the fact that Congress has really not done their job. And, and Biden should be making Congress really step up to the plate and do their job. Um, they want to talk about a few people who got arrested. I guess two or 300 people may have gotten arrested on January 6th for, for I mean, got arrested because of the January 6th incident, the riot that turned into uh, um, a, a riot. <laughs> it was just a mess. Um, but in reality, we saw a real insurrection in Afghanistan and one in which 13 Americans died, one in which has hurt America. Uh, we don't even know to what extent, quite frankly, Gary. And God, you know, we may find out to what extent. But today we have hundreds of Americans who are in that country that cannot get out when the president of the United States said that he would leave no American behind. And the problem with, with these kinds of I think it's the biggest error is that the world observed all of this. And unlike when I got involved in politics, when Ronald Reagan was president, I was, that's, that's when I got elected in the mid 80s, my first election for, for any type of public office. You didn't mess with Reagan. You know, it was peace through strength. You didn't mess with guys like Bob Dole. You know, we had no problems with saying, hey, we're going to be on offense and we're going to knock the teeth out. Okay? Simple as that. You want to you deal with us? You, you take our hand, we're going to take your arm. You take our arm, we're taking your torso. We didn't play. And now what they saw, what the world saw, is that the Taliban beat us down. And that, I don't know how, how else you can say it. A, a ragtag organization had us on the run. And now we have Americans that are nothing more than hostages in that country because we can't get them out and they want to come out. That's the definition of hostages. We're going to have to pay or do something to get them out. That's what a hostage situation is. And that's what we have in America. And the media lets it go by every day. It doesn't say a word except for Sean Hannity. He talks about it every day. How many days we've been going through this nonsense? Well, people are observing. And the people who are observing are Russia. People who are observing are China. And what's happening? There's over 100,000 troops at the border of Ukraine. And China has a hypersonic missile that they've developed, and their, their military has had a major buildup, and they are almost challenging us in, in various parts of that part of the world. And God knows what the supply chain situation has been with all the goods coming in from that part of the world to, 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 to the West Coast, whether or not China has played a role in helping that or causing that to be a problem. I don't think so, but we don't know. Uh, so th those are my major, major concerns as far as the, one of the biggest mistakes that the president has made and the repercussions of which we have not uh, truly fully, fully seen. And we have to, we have to pray that, uh, you know, nothing, nothing uh, ill will happen to, to, uh, to our soldiers and to, to, our, to our country because uh, you do not want to be on the defensive, and that's where we were in Afghanistan. We were holding down that one little airport, and, and we were on the defensive. You do not win a game. You do not win a situation being on defense. In America during Reagan, never on defense. America during George H.W. Bush was never on defense. We were always on offense, and no one would challenge us. And now I fear that we could... We could be challenged, and I pray that that does not happen. But you know, we did not lead with our best punch in that Afghanistan situation. So, what do I think? I mentioned Congress before. There should be hearings going on right now on why and how that happened. 
heads should roll. Someone should get terminated for what happened here. Not everything, oh, everything, okay, don't worry. No, it's not. This was a major fiasco for the American government and for the American people and still haunts us. Even though President Biden doesn't want to talk about it, he'll talk about COVID every other day. Even though the media doesn't want to talk about it, it is um, should be a major concern for every American. And that is one of the main reasons why I think his polling numbers are in the toilet. Uh, that, that's when it started to go down by, uh, in a dramatic type manner was after the Afghanistan fiasco. And so we have to step up. We have to get those people out, our American people out of Afghanistan. Not to mention the individuals who helped us during those years we were in Afghanistan who were from that country, Afghanistan. And what, those individuals were promised by the United States government that we would do things for them. Not to mention the fact that we didn't tell any of our allies that we were leaving. <laughs> they just left and said, oh, oh, by the way, we're leaving. Yeah. And that was not a good thing to do. So those ramifications, the ramifications of those actions may come back to haunt us as well. Because how can you believe that the United States is going to stand up for you, Ukraine or Taiwan, when we, when we couldn't even deal with the Taliban? So, and believe me, Russia and China ain't no Taliban. So that's one of the biggest errors, Gary. But on the domestic front, any questions on that, Gary? I can go on a little, a little bit more. I can change the subject more to the, to the domestic side because errors there have been very, very uh, large as well. Uh, yes, uh, just one question. Why do you feel like these stories, especially the one with Afghanistan, why do you think it's been kind of swept under the rug over the last few months? You know, Gary, I, I, I hate to say this, but it's media bias. They, they, they're doing everything they can, the liberal media, to, to help Joe Biden. And, and they have to understand that helping Joe Biden does not may not necessarily help America, okay? You have to help America first. And the way you help America first in media is to be hard on your politicians, is to make your politicians stand up for Americans and make their politicians respond to the needs of Americans, not to be like um, a coach of your, of, your, of your son's basketball team. You know, you're always protecting your son. Yeah, I'm probably guilty of that, Gary. I did that when I was coaching you. But that's not a mess. That's not the way a president should be treated by the media. You have to be tough on your elected officials. You have to ask those tough questions. You have to say, oh, you want to spend all this money. Oh, by the way, uh, did you realize that Medicaid is gonna, Medicare is going to run out of funding in about two years? Is that, is that something you should be concerned about? No, they don't want to talk about that. Nope. Don't talk about it. Oh, by the way, Social Security is going to be bankrupt in, in, in 10 years or 12 years. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about it. And then they don't want to do their work as far as as far as far uh, funding the government. They've been kicking the can down the road. Now they kick the can into next year. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And they get away with it because the media doesn't challenge them, does not put their feet to the fire, treats them with kid gloves. And it's hurting America while they're helping Democrats and Biden. They have to realize they should not be trying to help one party or one person. They should be trying to help one individual, and that individual are known are known as Americans, all of us, independents, Democrats, Republicans, and being tough on the Democrats and being tough on the president is what we need now, not trying to make him look good. And that's the problem. That's the main that's the main problem. They have to they have to realize that they're part of the problem, and, and if they if they can be part of the solution as well, if they start to do their job as real journalists and start doing some real investigations, 
and say to Congress, how can all this happen? And no, not one hearing in the House, not one hearing in the Senate on one of the big debacles, the, 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 the biggest tragedies that we've had in, in the last 10, 15, 20 years occurred. And there's no sense of wanting to investigate. But yet we want to see one six. Well, oh, let's see. Are we going to do this? Listen, we already know what happened. It's like complaining about the food on the Titanic, okay? Doesn't make any difference. Really doesn't make any difference, okay? Afghanistan and what happened there, we haven't seen the repercussions of that. All that we know is that there could be 175,000 troops on the border of Ukraine. You think that Russia is going to spend all that money and use all those resources to bring 175,000 troops at the border and not do anything? Oh boy. Okay, if you want to believe that, okay. Anybody got a bridge to sell you as well. And and so I'm not going to get into what, what China's doing at, at this point as well. So we have to understand that the repercussions of what happened in August, we're starting to see it. It's happening. And it's it's a it's it's something that we have to come to grips with. Can we change it? Can we turn it around? Yes, we can turn it around tomorrow. How? Go into Afghanistan and say, we want all our people out now or else we're going to just bomb the hell out of you until we get them. Okay, simple as that. <laughs> maybe maybe a little dramatic, maybe a little unreasonable. And I am speaking on hyperboles. I'm, I'm exaggerating. But I'm saying that we can't use sanctions as our, as our go-to on every single problem. Sometimes you got to use, knock, I'm going to knock your teeth out. That's what sometimes you got to do. Ask Ronald Reagan. If you were alive, he'll tell you that. Ask George H.W. Bush, if you were alive, he would tell you that. Sometimes you just got to do that. And then if, once you do that once, guess what? Never had the problem again. Never had the problem again. And I know that from the time when I was in grade school, Gary, when you, know, <laughs> you, you have one fight, you kick the you-know-what out of that person, ain't no one going to challenge you again. <laughs> so no one's going to want to get involved with a fist fight or any type of fight with you again. If you take care of business, you should. In the United States of America, we have the wherewithal to take care of business like we should. And we have to understand that. And we cannot, at this point, when 100,000 troops are at the border of Ukraine, we can't come out and say, well, one thing we're not going to do is use military force. Okay, you, you threw away your aces. Okay, well, now what are we going to do? We're going to try to win the game with queens and jacks? Well, we're going to rely on sanctions. Oh, this is going to go well. Well, let's pray that it does, but <laughs> it doesn't pass the uh, smell test, and it doesn't pass the uh, I think this is a smart thing to do test. So that's the biggest error, Garrett, that I, that I, that I see. But on the other side, um, the domestic side has, has had its uh, trials and tribulations, to say the least, as well. Um, and I'll, I can talk about that after this. Take a little brief break. So what other actions are you concerned about? Well, you know, on, on the domestic side, Gary, I, I, I think that uh, President Yang and President Bernie Sanders really won. You know, I, they really won. And people should wake up to that fact. Um, I made fun of the guy, I have to admit. When Yang was talking about, I'm going to give you $1,000 every month. Uh, just give everybody $1,000 every month. I thought the guy was a little bit wacky. Well, guess what Biden's been doing? I want to give every person who has a child a, a tax credit forever. Just for having a baby, you get money. That's all you got to do. Have a baby, we give you money. Sounds a lot like Yang to me. It's a step toward the Yang philosophy. And Bernie. 
you know, I think that everything should be free. Everything should be free. We just take it from the rich and they make everything free for everybody else. Thought he was, you know, I've known Bernie for 30 years. Got elected to Congress with Bernie in 1990. Never thought that, you know, his, his approach of socialism is something that we should adopt in America because America's, I believe, most most Americans, obviously Bernie didn't win, we, the government should not be doing things that we could do for ourselves. Okay? <laughs> oh, let's right, have free, free child care. Well, you know, since the day of the caveman, we've been able to figure out how to take care of our kids. Since the day of the caveman, caveman started, you know, I can take care of my own kids. Was the federal government around to say, hey, caveman, we're going to help you take care of your kids? No. Did we do it for a zillion years? Yes. Oh, just had a baby. Let's have paid leave. So you're paid for, for after you have a baby. We'll just give you money because you've had a baby. And so you could just work for three or four, whatever, and we're doing that period of time. Did the caveman have that? No. Did anyone in the in the 19th, 20th century have that? No. Did anyone in the 19th century have that? No. Did anyone in the 18th? We can go all the way down, and ain't no one ever had that type of so-called benefit. We don't need it. That's the point. It's not necessary. Not necessary. And I'm about to start whispering. I may sound like Joe Biden. So anyhow, child care, paid leave. You know, these are all Bernie Sanders and universal pre-K. It'd be great to be able to start kids with getting educated as soon as possible. Education has always been and probably will always be a state and local issue. The states, guess what? They have a way of taxing people and getting monies to support their education system. The local government has a way of doing that, and counties have a way of doing that. They get it through their property tax. They get it through their sales tax. The federal government, we didn't even have a Department of Education more than until probably the 1960s or whatever, and yet we, guess what? The nation did all right. People got educated. We don't need that type of federal involvement for a universal pre-K. If we want to have it, each state should say, we're going to allocate efforts and monies and resources to be able to provide. We don't need the federal government to get involved in, 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 in universal pre-K. Once again, never had it before. Why, why do we need it now? We've done, you know, this is not... So, well, with education, no, education system has problems because of other reasons other than people getting universal pre-K. Okay. okay, that is not the magic wand to allow the United States to rank high in math and science in, in, in the world. No, it's not. So if you want to think that, why don't you talk to scholars from around the country and they'll tell you no. Okay, so don't even go there with that type of approach. And but as far as funding it is concerned, there's no need for the federal government to get involved in that. If you wanted to do it anyhow, let the local people do make those decisions. And so you look at those things and you say you scratch your head. You know, twenty five thousand dollars for anybody who'd want to buy a home. Oh yeah, you can't be over. I believe they have a provision in there that has a means test to it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It came out of that banking committee, so I'm not sure. But the bottom line of it is, you don't need that either. Okay, people have good jobs. They don't need to have twenty-five thousand dollars in dollars given to them 
to be able to buy their buy their first home. You know, just, and then the kicker, Gary, is <laughs> the fact that they don't want to spend almost a half a trillion dollars to destroy, the, to take all of our aces and burn them. Oh, not burn them. I'm sorry, we can't do that. That's that would give out emissions. Okay, they want to take all of our aces, that being our natural resources that God gave America, that God gave America and didn't give to England, that God gave to America and didn't give to France, that God gave to America and didn't give to Spain, that God gave to America and didn't give to Portugal, that God gave to America and didn't give to Germany. They want to take all of those natural resources, our ability to have coal, our ability to have oil, our ability to have natural gas, which trumps every other country in Europe that I mentioned, all of them. We are the world's, we can be the, the world's largest producer of energy. And you know, we are, we have been for, for decades in all those three categories. Guess what? They want to shut us down. <laughs> they want to say, hey, okay, can't do it anymore. Change the rules, no more. I think, you know, that's, you know, I don't even know the word to use to describe how stupid that is. I mean, over something that, well, 2100, we're going to be dead. Oh, 2100, yeah, you're right. In 2100, everybody that we're talking to will be dead. You're right. But it won't be because of global warming, okay, folks? It won't. Trust me. It won't be because of global warming. You will be dead because of other reasons, okay? So I don't know why <laughs> these people are so sold on. I shouldn't say these people. The people who don't have any natural resources are sold on destroying our natural resources or our ability to, to produce our natural resources. At the heart of this is just European countries that don't have any natural resources. Because yeah, I would be against it, too, if I didn't have it. So... Most countries that do have natural resources are basically putting their tongue in their cheek and saying, oh, yeah, we're for this. We'll do it in like 20, we'll start in 2050 or 2060. Yeah, that's, that's pie in the sky. Guess what? Those leaders who are saying that, they're not even going to be around in 2060, okay? So it's just, it's, all of it's like a, it's, it's beyond a joke. It's something that this whole movement of this, effort, you know, everyone should just say maybe Al Gore won the presidency too, because that's basically what he, he was trumpeting during his post-political uh, uh, post, uh, career. But the bottom line of it is we should not be destroying our, nat our ability to produce our natural resources. Yeah, I remember back in the 60s, we had problems with the environment. Why? Because we were stupid, okay? American people were like doing crazy things or just making making products in a way in which they didn't care about their environment. And it would kill them not in 2021 or, or in 2000 or in 2010, immediately or very soon. For example, we had air that could kill you because of the emissions of all the vehicles that were driving around cities and towns and highways, et cetera. I remember going to California, Los Angeles, Gary, and I couldn't see the sun. And I said to people, where's the sun? Where's, I was a little kid, just graduated from, uh, I think it was high school or, yeah, it was from high school. And, and they said, hey, the sun, this is smog. I said, what the hell is smog? That's the smog. If the sun is there, you can't see it. And now you go to Los Angeles, you can see blue, you know, it's blue sky. Because we took care of that emissions problem. We, we got the car industry, we worked with the car industry to, to push back on the, on the, on the emissions. And, and we've, we've seen a tremendous difference. We passed a law called the Clean Air Act, which passed with Democrats and Republicans voting for it overwhelmingly. And we moved forward and made changes there. Then we had companies, mostly from the industrialized states, like Connecticut, like Ohio, where 
you had uh, many products going into the streams of our of our of our of our rivers and waters, and they were polluting our waters while they were producing certain products. Uh, Connecticut, Waterbury is the brass center of the world at one time. So we had Superfund legislation that would clean up all of these these sites. And EPA was formed to help with cleaning with the cleanup effort. And we've passed we passed the law, the Clean Water Act, passed by Democrats and Republicans overwhelmingly. And we improved dramatically in that area as well. And then when I was a city councilman, Gary, we knew that guess what? God's not producing any more land. And so we cannot just put all of our garbage in landfills. We used to designate one part of our city, Gary, one part of our, yeah, one part of the city or two parts of the city where we would bring all the garbage and just dump the garbage there in, in that so-called landfill. Well, we realized that that wasn't going to, that wasn't sustainable <laughs> because sooner or later, the landfill would come full. And so what did we come up with? We came out with mandatory recycling. And we, this is back in the, in, when I was in office in, in the 70s, 80s, and we said, hey, we want to recycle bottles, we want to recycle glass, we want to recycle plastic immediately. And we started a whole program of recycling where you had to put a recycling. Now things that you see every day that's just commonplace, that was a revolutionary thing that we did back in the day. It was of the right thing to do. Why? Because it would not have killed us in the year 2100. It would have killed us in the year like next year or five years from now. It was imminent. That's imminent is the problem with Medicare and the problem with Social Security. It was imminent. So as far as being for the environment and trying to make sure that we do not do anything to hurt us individually, yes, Democrats and Republicans have been in favor of that. But to have any program where you're spending a half trillion dollars and you're trying to, you're trying to cause the 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 the, uh, the earth to so-called not get any warmer, well, it's like trying to heat a house with all your windows open. It ain't never gonna happen. It's gonna never be be warm, and that in a in a cold state, let's say, it's not never gonna get warm. And so you can't have so-called climate change rules when many of the industrialized companies aren't participating. It just doesn't work. <laughs> you know, so if we do everything right, guess what? The window's still going to be open and you're still going to be cold. <laughs> so <laughs> it's from, on so many levels, it makes no sense. Half a trillion dollars, you know what? That could, well, I don't want to go into what some of the things that can be done with that because it should start with lowering our deficit, putting us on a, on a path in which Social Security can be more sustainable and Medicare can be more sustainable. Once again, topics that the Congress does not want to talk about, topics that President Biden doesn't want to talk about. Maybe that's why all these guys are 80-something years old, because they don't want to think about it. But that was a slap. That was, okay, okay, I'll take that back. But the bottom line of it is, you know, when you look at the environment, this, you know, the country has, has made various strides to, to uh, protect our environment over the decades. And from a, from a United States perspective, we should still try to do that. And we should use all of our abilities to produce energy, including nuclear, to be able to to provide us with the energy that we may need to keep us as the top industrialized country in the world. We must maintain that status. And the main way of doing so is to have energy. And all of those policies of, of spending trillions of dollars, Gary, I think they've spent over $7 trillion in less than two years, $7 trillion on rescue plans because of COVID doing this. 
and then they wonder why inflation is starting to raise this ugly head. I mean, I don't understand these people. But anyhow, um, those are some of the problems. Hopefully, hopefully, the wiser minds will will prevail and and stop uh, the Biden administration from from once again putting driving us off a cliff financially speaking because it's it's very reminiscent of. Uh, Really, the fall of the Roman Empire can't protect our borders. Problem, and we have economic problems with inflation, the supply chain. Problem, and we love to spend money. Guess who did that? Anything? Nero. Nero did that. And while Nero was doing that, guess what he also did? He loved to get some type of relaxation from doing all that, all that non-productive activity. So what he did was he fiddled a lot because it was fun. And that's exactly what the Democrats do in Congress. They talk about, I'm not even going to mention his name, the former president, because why? It's fun. They get relaxation out of it. It's soothing to them. And so <laughs> I'll just leave it at that, folks, because it's, it's uh, I don't want to get too carried away. But I do want to mention the fact that the, the, the passing of a great American, that being Bob Dole, Senator Bob Dole, who I knew prior to getting elected to Congress uh, and who became a friend while I was in, in, in Congress. He was the Senate majority leader at the time, minority leader, and then he became majority leader. And he was a, a great statesman. He was just a great American overall. I mean, he served in World War II and became uh, physically uh, dis disabled to a certain point for, to, for a certain period of time. And, his hand was permanently um, altered, one of his hands. And he um, was, a, was a patriot and I thought very highly of him. Uh, we had something in common in 1996, and that is that uh, we both lost. We both lost our election in 1996. He lost for president. I lost for my fourth term for Congress. Um, also thought the world still do of his wife, Liz Dole. They were always very supportive of, of, of my efforts, both uh, politically, as far as legislation would be concerned. They were rah, rah, rah for my debit card legislation and for my various other bills, my UEO bill, the Urban Entrepreneur Opportunities Act, which became New Markets Fund. Um, they were always extremely supportive of my efforts to bring monies into the city of Waterbury. Waterbury wouldn't have them all today if it weren't for uh, the efforts of people like Senator Bob Dole. And that mall in Waterbury, the first funding for that mall came because of federal funding that I that I secured, and that's a fact on the record. And Bob Dole and many of the, of the other leaders in Congress played a major role in that. But Bob Dole never hesitated to always offer a helping hand. Um, in his election in 1996, um, he got caught up in the biggest lie. You know, oh, 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 oh talking, not, no, not talking about that guy in the election. No, 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 no. The big lie was. Republicans are going to throw grandma off the cliff because they're going to cut Medicare. They're going to cut Medicare. That's, that was the big lie. And it still is the big lie because of the ramifications that it took on thereafter. Because from that point on, there's a certain network, cable network, that essentially has been playing the role of the secondary Democratic Party, the you know, Democratic Party's apparatus, in just promoting any type of falsehood or, or any type of, uh, I won't say falsehood, but... Um, yeah, false in many instances, but just promoting things that aren't totally true. Now, was it true that we wanted to slow the growth of Medicare, the Republican Party? Yes. 
Bill Clinton wanted to take Medicare from $100 to $100 and let's say $15. And Republicans said, no, let's not take it to that extent. We'll take it for $100 to $108. Well, they beat Bob Dole over the head over the fact that Bob Dole was going to cut Medicare. Now, we all know that $100 to $108 is actually an increase, right? Everyone, any listener not understand that? Okay, well, there's a TV station that didn't understand that or did not want to understand that. So they promoted the fact that the Republicans are just bad people and wanted to cut Medicare. And Bob Dole was a victim of that. And and quite frankly, he would have made a hell of a president if he had gotten elected in 1996. And uh, we would never had, um, what's that lady's name again? Monica, Monica, Monica Coolisi? Oh, Lewinsky, that's right. Monica, we would never had that situation had the American people gone ahead and voted for uh, Bob Dole and not gotten caught up in the original big lie, which was that the Republicans wanted to go after senior citizens and cut their Medicare. And maybe that's one of the reasons why now the Democrats see this as a third rail and don't want to even talk about Medicare as far as making it more sustainable than the year 2024. So, Bob Dole, may you rest in peace. You're a great American and a friend. And the best to your, my condolences go out to your family. So we're out of time for today. Don't forget to subscribe.